Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. So the message that came uh, for this Sunday, I believe, and I honestly was going back and forth, and because the reality is this. A lot of churches, you know, there's things that are happening around the world. I feel like the churches are afraid to talk about things that are surrounding them and the issues that are surrounding them. But I believe as just as a pastor, you know, you have a responsibility to share that with your people that, you know, you got to be informed, you know. So I believe in all situations, being prepared is very vital. And so, and we base everything on the Word of God, right? If somebody ever questions your belief system and things like that, you know, hey, you're basing it on the Word of God, amen? So I want to briefly touch on real quick. So there's obviously two battlegrounds that we're dealing with, voices that are within you. Your thoughts, we've, uh, throughout this year, we hit on them a lot. Like, you know, you got to be on God with your thoughts because you have your mind. And so we have this one device and the devil tries to speak to us through our thoughts and God is, you know. And we have to clearly identify. So it's very important on that. But then there's other aspect of things is that the noise that is surrounding us every day. When we leave the church, when we're not around believers, when we go to workplace, wherever we're at, we're constantly bombarded with information. There's so much stuff that is surrounding us. And it's so important to, you know, be steadfast and hold firm to what you believe. Because it's, you know, if you're not in it regularly, if you're not around the Word of God, if you're not around God's family, um, you'll start feeling and sensing when, you know, you haven't been around God's people. All of a sudden just you know, you're feeling empty on the inside. You're not feeling the same. You don't feel like you're energized. Um, Sunday for us, I like to explain as like a pep rally. Because the rest of the week, we're out there serving people. We're talking to people about Jesus. We're making an impact, all right? We're inviting people into our homes and having dinner with them and then inviting them to church possibly. So I want to encourage you in that. Amen. So, but what you believe matters. And I want to use a book of Daniel to talk a little bit what's happening and how many know that Bible is just a prophetic word and I mean there's like don't quote me exactly but over 1800 prophecies and already like I want to say close to a thousand came you know came true um, maybe more I mean plus or minus so next time somebody says you believe in that Bible you know what you say you bet <laughs> of course I do of course I do um, because there's all this education and knowledge out there, you know, and people are, um, you know, how they believe. It's like science or they say literature. Well, they learn that from something, some, from someone or someplace. So don't ever be ashamed. And I'll hit back on it um, in a little bit here. But let's dive in. Daniel chapter 1. Uh, let's go from verse 1 through 5. In the third year of the region of Jehoiakim, king of Judah... Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And I love that verse 2. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put it in the treasure house of his God. Um, so pretty much king of Babylon you know, comes and brings his army into the Jerusalem. This is what's happening. And it's, it, it's, it fascinates me. There's so many times in Scripture where it says the Lord has delivered them into the enemy's hand. I mean, God is trying to point a message across to his people. And if you're not listening, God is like, all right, you know, 
here. Because it says, and the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Anytime you allow yourself to be given uh, over to the beliefs that are not compatible with God, he will pretty much say, have it your way. Like Burger King, I guess. <laughs> I guess they got away from that phrase. But um, God is not the God who will force you to believe his word. How many know that? God gives us liberty and freedom. So, so when it says the Lord turned them over, so I just, I'm amazed by that. God is saying, it's like your beliefs are determining your direction for your life. So I'm not, and God is like, I'm not going to defend you. You're pretty much disregarding the words, the things that I've taught you. And let's continue. Verse 3. Uh, then the king ordered uh, Asphina's chief of his court officials to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. And here comes what every gal is looking for. Verse 4. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, hello, <laughs> showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's place. I mean, so the, the cream of the crop, you know, some fine-looking men. Uh, he was to teach them the language and literature of Babylonians. Verse 5, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Verse 6, among those who were chosen were some of, uh, from Judah, Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. So when these young men arrived, they were pretty much indoctrinated by the Babylonian BS. Sorry, BS, belief system. Um, I just always have a find a clever way to titling the messages. Uh, it's just an abbreviation for belief system, so if I, if I refer to that. But it does have a double meaning. So however you approach it. But so they were to learn the language and literature of the Babylonians, right? And let me just say this. My job is... Yes, to be full of faith <laughs> for people, but it's also to be honest with you because I believe we no longer live in a nation with uh, Judeo-Christian values and worldview. And it um, hasn't always been that way, though. If you're a Christian in your beliefs, you know, not just by association, <laughs> not just like I'm a Christian, you know, I'm talking about your belief. Then your beliefs about life, marriage, family, Parenting, government, freedom, justice, pretty much about everything is going to be different than from the way the world views these things. And so, because we're, we're, we're standing on solid ground, amen? So, when Jesus came, he came to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, right? So, which simply means God's way of doing things, all right? So, in, the, in this world, we're surrounded by all sorts of kind of beliefs system, information, and most of the time it's not compatible with the Word of God. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. Does that make sense? So uh, some of the things, for example, like media, right? Um, we're surrounded by that. It used to be that there was 50 families that owned those companies. Now there's only six families that control all the media in our nation. So I'm going to just bring some a little bit of awareness to us so we'll be steadfast. You know, politics is another thing, okay? 
And uh, this is how the devil uses all these three categories, I believe. Media, politics, and the third one is education. Education really has became an ideology at this point. Um, Dr. Tony Evans, he's this pastor in Texas, uh, he said, we're now the visiting team. All right? Meaning the crowd is not on our side. You know, if you played sports, you ever attended a game, and when you're visiting a team, it's kind of intimidating because <laughs> it's all these vicious parents. Um, I remember playing soccer. I never, I never liked going to Kenai. Um, I love Kenai dip netting. I love Kenai overall, but for some reason, they have the worst fans. You know, I can say that because I'm, I, I graduated from Wasala High School. If you're a Valley guy, it's okay. But seriously, the parents would just get up in your face even after the game and things like that. I mean, like, it was pretty intense. It's like our coach had to protect us after the game. Or he just said, you know what, guys? You can defend yourself. It's okay. I can't say anything on your behalf. You're under 18. <laughs> he was being funny, obviously. But, um, but if you're a believer in the ways of God, if you are kingdom-minded, uh, the crowd is not on your side. You're not going to be celebrated. Uh, most likely, you will be booed. And that's what's happening, you know, with people around us. If you notice, anywhere you go, it's like the Christianity values, or if you talk about anything, they kind of, you know, are frowned upon. I love this. Michael Jordan. Everybody knows who Michael Jordan is. I believe he is the greatest NBA player of all time. No doubt about that. No one can surpass him. And, uh, but he has all these statistics and everything. But I love what he said. He said, um, I will use the booze of the crowd as energy to play harder and better. It's as if he was, like, daring them to boo them. You know, when he was, <laughs> he's like, it fired me up even more. Um, and he also said this, I come alive when people try to shut me down. And so this is what we have to do to overcome this world. Kingdom minded person thinks beyond this world, beyond our flesh, beyond just what's around us. This world is not our home, okay? The Bible tells us, you know, <laughs> about this. So nowadays, though, we see that there's people that, you know, quote-unquote, educated people, uh, they try to act superior and say things like, you believe what men, you know, have written thousand years ago. And as I've mentioned in the beginning, whatever someone believes, they got it from someone else. They really did. They got it from someone or from some form of literature. So I would say, hey, beliefs are on playing field, right? Equal playing field. I think that's fair. And so everybody got it from someone, somewhere, sometimes. And, um, but I want to encourage us today to not be intimidated, okay, because that you get your beliefs from the Bible. You're getting your beliefs from a source from ancient history uh, that the writers were inspired by the Holy Spirit, and I don't know why, but this book hasn't changed and altered many ways. I mean, they do different version translations and everything like that. But the core text still stays the same throughout so many years. I don't think that's an accident. Uh, there have been times even in history where I remember um, also, I mean, Hitler. Uh, but I, specifically, I remember Stalin. You know, I come from Russia, so I know quite a bit of history about uh, Russian history, I love it. I love history, first of all. But Stalin said, you know, by a certain date, he quoted one time, he said, we will not have a single Bible left. We will go house to house. We'll burn down every Bible there is. And they were doing that. Didn't happen. Couldn't do it. 
If you think about it, it's, it's not that hard. If you think about it, if you go through every house, you go through every library, you burn it down, it's just not going to happen. And it never did. So, but anyways, what you believe in, the Word of God, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So don't ever apologize for that. I want us to walk with courage. Amen? Let's get back to the story of Daniel. So when they brought these teenagers to Babylon, they began the process of brainwashing. All right? And so I'm going to talk about the four categories that they use, and it's all found in chapter 1. Man, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit can just lead you into the Bible and just open it up to you and be like, here it is. This is what's happening right now. <laughs> First thing they did was sep separation, okay? They separated them from their families and their people. Um, and I want to encourage you today, you know, as a believer, don't let anything to keep you away from God's people, all right? If where we needed more to be together is now, I believe, all right? It may seem harmless to be away and distant, um, but anybody can tell you, and any psychologist would agree, that isolation and separation when people are alone by themselves without any form of contact, it takes a toll on a person's mental health, all right? Because, um, check this out, Hebrews 10, 23, 25. I just want to encourage us to give you some... Um, some meat on the bone. <laughs> some backing up with the word that I'm not just saying that out of my mind. Uh, 10, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. Let us hold unswaving, uh, unswervingly to the hope we profess. We profess our faith, right? For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So we're encouraging each other in our faith, right? This is why we come together. Think of this way. Like we're like coals together. When we come together... We keep the fire going. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Isn't that amazing that it's a warning? The Bible is like right there warning us like, hey, you need to be together as day is approaching, the day of the Lord, okay? And so here's the thing I noticed myself. You miss one Sunday or any Sunday service, whatever, um, Second one's a little easier, and then you literally quickly can get out of that habit. Pretty easy. Just like, and then soon enough, you find yourself, you're just like, you're not even interested anymore. And see, devil's pretty clever. He wants to do that. He wants you to separate you from the body of Christ. But in body of Christ, we come alive. We, we fire each other up. Amen? So let's encourage one another, it says, in all that. Good thing for, for these guys these, they were teenagers, uh, Belshazzar, Shadrach, Misha, and Abednego, uh, is that they had each other. So this is a perfect example of these young men, and they're there in a new country. Just think about it, right? Just new language, new culture, everything. They're given new names. Everything is changing. But it was helpful for them to be together and support one another. So number two, uh, identification, Okay. That was the second form of brain, brainwashing is that they changed their identification. Uh, just like I've mentioned these four guys, um, they actually had different names in uh, Daniel chapter 1 verse 7. It talks about it. You know, we just read about it. They had a different names and they were given new names. So think about it. Identification is so important. Um, if you say Vic, I'll respond. That's my life. I mean, I've known as a Victor or Vic all my life. Or Vitya in Russian. <laughs> Uh, if you say Robert, I won't turn around. You see Michael, I'll be like Peter. I probably will because they're my friends. I'm just curious to find out who's talking to them. 
but victor has been my identification all my life and i'll respond to that so identity is so important and that's what the devil goes for and if you guys remember Namberzine has talked about it as well he shared a lot um how he loves that we were identification we're talking about our identity in christ and that is the number one thing that is devil's after um and I remember growing up, my dad would say always, like, Vic, remember your last name. Remember you're a fan of. And he, what he was doing, he wasn't about pride, but I believe he was reminding me that I wasn't supposed to fit in with everybody else around me, okay? Uh, the faith that I carried, the things that he taught me were very important. So he was teaching me to know who I am. When you're, you know, when you're talking to your children before they go to school, you're, you're pouring your identity um, of who you are into your children, pretty much, right? And pretty much he was saying, Vic, you know, wear your name with, with pride. I mean, I'm sure parents wouldn't want to hear their kid do something crazy or, you know, and then read a, their article in Matsu Valley Crime and have their name, kid's name pop up there and then seeing all those comments, people blowing up. Who did, who raised them? I love those parents <laughs> that just go on the attack. If you're on Facebook, uh, follow any local pages, just letting you know where this is coming from, all right? <laughs> but, you know, pretty much dad was telling me, Vic, you know, don't forget who you are. So these young teens, you know, taken away from their home, brought into the Babylonian system, given new names, and pretty much they're now being reprogrammed, all right? Um, and if you're a teen or, you know, or a teenager, a young adult, whatever, if you're in college, you know, I I'm just thinking even from the moment that I was in college and people that are in college right now is like black and white difference. There's so many required, they're in different states, they require you to do all sorts of these weird different requirement classes that have nothing to do with education, have everything to do with ideology. And the reason I'm informing that, because I, I have friends. I have pastor friends that are in different states. I have a um, very close friend. One of my friends is a professor in college as well. And we talk, and I hear about this kind of stuff. And then pretty much some of the school systems are saying, like, you have to teach this now. If you don't, you're going to get fired. So pretty scary times. So, but I want to encourage students, young people, you know, anybody that's watching online or anybody ever here that, or if you have any family, young kids, don't forget what your fathers have taught you. Don't forget what your spiritual parents have taught you. Those things are so crucial, so important. Don't let anyone change your core identity in Christ, that you are a child of God, right? Remember who you are. It is so important. You don't serve men, you serve God. How many agree to that? Amen. I know that some of you may not see this, but I believe government is infringing on people's freedoms today, okay? And I will say that because... Um, I think I have a responsibility to say that because, like I said, I've constantly been talking to some of, some of the pastors. And in Alaska, it's, it's pretty decent. But, man, in some other states, pastors are doing everything they can to just stay open. And it's funny to me because the football games, baseball games, all the big major events, bars, you know, rest, restaurants, they're open. But then they're shutting down the churches. They're saying, we call, they call us the super spreaders, you know. But I'm like, well... We're spreading virus. Okay. But, well, let's put that everything in a category. You know, not just churches. What about other sporting events, right? So, I'm just saying this because I believe that there's a 
propaganda, you know, against all those who won't conform to, conform to the culture. The world is trying to squeeze us as believers. And the Christian faith has never been about forcing people to believe in God, right? It, 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 we, we believe that people have the right to come before the Lord and open up their hearts and serve Christ. We believe in God's way, which is freedom to choose, right? We believe it is people's rights to worship or not. Okay, so we welcome everyone in church. We have people sometimes that come up in our church and they wear masks. God bless them. I'm so happy that they are. We love them. There's no condemnation. Whether if you don't believe in masks, then okay, great. You love that person. We are children of God. Amen. You are welcome here. If you wear masks, you are welcome here. If you are vaccinated, you are welcome here. Seriously. You are absolutely welcome here. And if you don't wear a mask or if you're not a vaccinated person, you are welcome here. Church has always been a refuge, a place through so many histories, through so many different sicknesses and diseases. And church always stood strong. This is a place, a hiding place for people, right? To come and receive and get faith and be filled. So, and then if you don't even feel like coming to church, if you're watching us online, God bless you that you're watching online. I have no problem with that. We need to love one another. Amen? Amen. And we as a church, we're moving forward. We're moving past these beliefs of this, uh, you know, of this world that's trying to infringe upon us, tell us how to do things and things like that. But we as believers, we walk by faith. We believe in God who gives us freedom. You feel like coming to church? Great. If you don't feel like it, that's your decision. But I'm going to love you the same. As a pastor, as but just a friend, it doesn't matter. You know? so, and I believe the people that are within this place or in our family, are just the same. We love everyone. Amen? If you love everyone, I want to hear it. Clap offering. We love everyone. All are welcome. Amen. All right. So while we're on the topic of identity, um, some states, and my very, our family close friend, she's a nurse, uh, top nurses in Seattle area, you know, and she's talking about how a lot of these big major states, they pretty much now in birthing, birth certificates, um, where parents now can choose male, female, other, or non-binary. Um, so, because we're talking about identification, right? It's very important. And we see that resemblance of what's happening in Daniel is now happening here. But Scripture tells us God created us male and female. Amen? So the fact is um, you're either born one or the other. And, and we stand for that. And it's very important. And identification is so important. Knowing that who you are will uh, protect you from confusion. I do believe people grow up in different homes and different environments and it's hard and been abused and things like that. I do believe people, uh, God wants to, them to be healed. I do believe that God is using all of us to bring that light of hope to them. Amen? So, um, yeah, all sorts of different things. And, you know, people grow up in very different backgrounds and difficult families. But as a church, we will welcome everyone but we will speak the truth. We will speak what it says in the scripture. Amen. We're not going to waver away from that because that's God's word. It hasn't changed ever. So, and I believe devil has no ability to create. So what he does is he always distorts what God has made perfect. Whether about anything, right? If you notice that devil, what he does is he'll take anything and he'll distort it. Like music, for example. Let's just say that, right? Why is devil fighting most important? <laughs> I think most importantly against the worship is because the church has taken that position as worship now all right because he uh the devil lucifer before he was in charge in heaven of the worship okay so that's why 
music is so important. Pastor Mark talked about it last week, right? The music. Man, you get one tune and it's like, music is worship. It really is, <laughs> right? And it, what happens is the uh, devil will try to use music to, you know, just to change your beliefs. You know, the kind of lyrics that are written. It's just like, man, you read one paragraph of some of the rap songs. You're like, man. Man, that's bad. <laughs> that's not good. So pay attention. I'm not saying, you know, there's some good jams out there, but just pay attention, all right? Because devil is trying to distort what God has made perfect. So, because he knows if he can twist it, you know, he'll make you doubt everything that God has created. That's why even from the beginning of time, when the devil approached Eve, he's like, and she's like, well, we can't eat from that tree. And she said, was that so? <laughs> she started doubting God. All right, so the number third point that the Babylonians used was indoctrination. They were taught a new language and made to read new literature, okay? Um, that just says right there. So, and I don't know how much you've kept up with our, you know, education system. And, um, but education literally is being replaced with indoctrination in our schools today. Like I said, a friend of my professor as well, there's teachers, uh, they're, they're good teachers, they're Christian be believers. And they said, well, I'm not going to teach this. And, you know, they'll have like, I'm just going to read off some of the list of words. I want us to be informed, guys. So I know this may be heavy to hear, but we need to be informed as a church. Words like intersexuality, progressivism. Systematic racism, critical race theory, non-binary people, transgender people, deconstructionalist, historic revisionist. Oh, like <laughs> all big words, right? Um, that are meant to get you off track with truth, God's truth. Um, but I believe this is the process of brainwashing, okay? So Babylon um, wanted them to forget. They wanted these people to forget what they were taught by their parents. And... To give them new literature and new language, okay? So now when we're sending our kids to school, like I said, it's not as bad here in Alaska from because I have a bunch of nephews and nieces and everything like that. And I actually ask them what they're teaching them. Um, but like I said, in some of the states, and I'm like, it's pretty scary. And just because it's not happening here doesn't mean it's not coming. So as parents, I think we need to be informed and know that if we're placing our kids in the education system, you know, you need to be informed what they're teaching them. And so um, I want us to be aware of that. Because when we're, if they're coming from school, sit down with them and say, hey, you know, what were you taught today? What kind of things? And um, deprogram them if you have to, if you think about it, right? Um, because the thing is, I believe that the, these uh, school systems, I would say, or education systems, I would say, um, they think that they're, they think they know better what your kids need to believe than you as a parent. And um, I think just some of us need to get fired up and not just be passive, you know, just dropping off your kids, picking them up, oh, whatever, I survived that way. A lot of things have changed. I know it's a challenging message to hear, guys, but I believe God always prepares his church. He wants us to be informed of everything that is around us. Amen? So start getting informed, getting involved in school, whatever you got to do, okay? Um, the other thing I just figured I'd point it out, my uh, nephew pointed out, you know, some of the teachers are trying to say that you're either oppressed or the oppressor, okay? So it's, it's so sad, but that, that is not true. There are people in this room that don't believe in neither of that, right? That you're either oppressing somebody or you're being oppressed. So let's be honest about these things, you know? 
if, if you believe in some of these things, like I said, progressivism, socialism, critical race theory, you know, I think that's a problem because it's not in accordance with the scripture. Um, and I think if a school is not going to hold you accountable, then, you know, I will. <laughs> so let's pay attention to kind of seeds that are being sowed. Uh, we've talked a lot in the last couple of weeks about, you know, seeds being planted. One word, you know, can bring you to faith. One word can make you transform. And it's so important how what we're allowing the kind of information to come into us. Amen? So let's stand for our children this coming year and um, not sit on the sideline. Okay? I know you guys are probably standing like, man, Vic, you're standing your ground. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm aware of, you know, that not all will agree with me at this point, but I feel like it's the responsibility, very important for me to stand on the word of God. Number four thing that they did in Babylon was remuneration. They were rewarded for cooperating with the process. Right there in chapter one. So they were promised a reward if you would cooperate with everything they're asking you to do, then, you know, you, you know, you're going to get rewarded. So kind of sounds a lot similar to what we're hearing today, right? Do you guys know that in, in the, the criminals in San Francisco right now are getting paid not to shoot other people? I, I seriously thought that was a joke. It's, it's true. And in New York, I, I guess, are trying to pass that. <laughs> They're like trying to hit up the top um, criminals to try to say like, hey, man, you guys kind of just keep it down, Okay. I mean, how far we have come, how quickly has time is changing, guys. And so, but we are standing on the word of God, amen? So, one of the things that, you know, forms of bringing people into submission, it's a textbook, you know, of strategy and psychology. That, you know, they said, first to persuade people with fear. I mean, the military people used it like, persuade people with fear and then give them free stuff, okay? Fear and free. So, if you do this... We'll enter your family into drawing for family vacation. You get to go to a football game. Okay? You get to eat at a restaurant or to go to the gym. Um, you get to have a job. <laughs> I have friends that are losing their jobs in states because they don't, you know, they don't want to get vaccinated. I am not for or against, like I said, you know, I want you to understand that. But I believe in the rights for people to choose what they believe is right for themselves. I think that's fair, right? Just as our faith tells us to do. Just as when, when it comes to faith, when we're talking to other people about faith. So you get to because you're cooperating. You know what Daniel did? Um, it says that, you know, he would not eat king's meat. He asked for a religious exemption. <laughs> it was granted to him. Um, he stood his ground when he came to his faith. If there's one thing, you know, you can agree and your family can believe in that. And that's awesome. God bless you. I, I love you wholeheartedly. Nothing is changing about that. Um, I just want people to, to, because a lot of times people approach me, it's like, Vic, why aren't you talking about that the vaccinations are bad? Vic, why aren't you talking about that people should get vaccinated? I promise you, I've, people approach me and say that, and I say, well, here's my belief. <laughs> I believe you are, we are all children of God, and that is your choice, and you're welcomed here, and that's what I'm going to stand on. I, I love everybody. Everybody's welcomed. Amen? So, Look at this, uh, Daniel 6, 5. It's so amazing because as then these men said, we shall not find any charge against the Daniel. So Daniel's already in a position, a pretty influential, you know, position, one of the rulers. And these people, and he's so good at everything he does. And these people are getting irritated. They're like, man, this Israelite, he's not even of our, you know, descendant. 
here he is, you know, pretty much taken over. And they couldn't find anything against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Unless we find, so it's like, well, the only thing we can do it is if we catch him in his faith. Something about that. So in verse 7, I'll just highlight you. You can pull it up. Um, the governors convinced uh, King Darius to pass a decree that if anyone who prays to any god in the next 30 days except the king uh, shall be thrown in the lion's den. Okay? Uh, but so here's Daniel. Uh, he lived in Babylon. But didn't allow Babylon to change him and his core values. He wasn't being a jerk. I want us, as Christians, if you believe certain things, you don't walk around and be like, you don't believe in that. That's, that's not right. Or say, you have no right. I mean, people, me and Robert had a great conversation about this, you know. There's some Christians out there who's like, you, don't, you have no right. First of all, God has given us rights. So walk in humility, okay. Um, this is a challenging message just as whichever side of the aisle you're on when it comes to certain major uh, topics that are happening around this world. The thing is, guys, we need to be aware that the devil is trying to divide us. And we need to be informed and stand on the word of God. Love each other. Yes, you may have your beliefs are going to be a little bit different than somebody else's. But we love one another. We welcome one another. Amen? So, no matter what kind of pressure God applied, Daniel didn't waver away from his faith in God. He bravely worshipped God with windows open. I love that. It's one thing to worship God with windows closed. He was worshiping God. He wasn't afraid to worship God. Uh, look at this uh, also, Daniel 6.10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree has been published, so he knows like, hey, it's out there. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he has done before. You know, and I'm wrapping it up here shortly. Um, I want to encourage you today as a Christ follower, don't be wrapped up in the fear that is around you. And all this information that is bombarding you. I notice how many times where I just turn off the noise when I just, you know, take a fast from social media. And I open up the word of God and I start worshiping God. How much clarity makes sense. Um, I'm telling you that we've been talking about a lot about our prayer room, right? Going into the room and just opening up your heart before God. Focus not on other people and what they believe. Focus on what you believe in your heart. Focus on your relationship with God. This is where your growth happens. This is where you live. This is where you thrive. It's in the secret petitions of your heart. God comes and visits you wherever you're at. You're driving a car. You open up your heart. God is there. In Old Testament, in order to get to the Holy of Holies, they would have to bring a sacrificial lamb. Think about it this way. God is with you wherever you're at. And so Daniel believed that, and he just kept his faith going. You know, he's like, I'm not going to close windows to the Lord. You know, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I'm actually willing to stand for what I believe. So no matter what the belief system around him was telling him to do. And so um, earlier in the chapter also, if you're reading, just the book of Daniel is fascinating because the king, uh, different king, they were, uh, created a statue. And that everybody needed to bow down. And these men didn't. They were thrown in the fiery furnace. And guess what? It says that even the soldiers that threw these guys into the, the you know, the fiery furnace, <laughs> they died because of the heat on the outside. And these guys survived. Because there's nothing, when you're walking in your faith, there's absolutely 
in your physical realm, then nothing can harm you. You will stand. You will survive everything. I just want us to be encouraged in faith. And I want us to live it and not to be intimidated by the Satan. Because he just wants us to just scare you and say that this world sucks. It's ending. God has his way. If you're not dead, God's not done. Amen? So... Daniel and his friends, you know, like, think about it. They were just teenagers. They really were. Um, they were so young. But they were kind and honest, you know. But understood what it means to be surrounded by all kinds of beliefs. But they remained true to their God. I love this. Matthew 24, 13 says, But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Um, you just have to, we just have to sometimes realize that we're a visiting team. But visiting team wins games, all right? <laughs> as long as you play hard, as long as you don't let the booze distract you. So don't let the noise of the culture around you to get you down, to discourage you, to disappoint you. Stay courageous, stay bold as a believer. Uh, scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added onto you, says Matthew 6, 33, okay? Um, if God is for us, who can be against us? I want to give you some energy shots from scripture right now. That's what <laughs> Romans 8.35, verse through, uh, 39. This is the word of God, guys. Ver, uh, Romans 8.35 through 39, if you're jotting it out. If you don't have, you can look up on the screen. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. This is New Testament, guys. Right for us. Verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither the angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You believe that? Do you believe that? Because this is, I feel like Paul just sat down there and just started rapping. He's just like, nothing should be intimidating you, okay? We were singing, I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ His Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe those things. But we don't, let's just not just believe and say those words, but really apply it and say, God, I want to walk this out. You know, what you do is when you are, when you're walking with the Lord, you're not walking out there with, um, how do I say this, with, uh, with the looking over other people like, yeah, I'm better than them. No, <laughs> by God's grace, we are saved. No, you're walking around, you're like a light. It says like you're a letter that is being read by the people, right? So when we're walking out there, we're smiling, we're showing people love, we're caring for people, okay? Be different. Be different. Nowadays, people are like, oh, don't approach me and things like that. If you see somebody's, you know, struggling with something, come up and help them. If they say, don't leave me alone, you leave them alone. <laughs> so I want to make sure I tell you that. But believe and walk out the things that you believe in because they're in the word of God. Amen. Like Joshua said, you know, choose this day who you're going to serve. But as for me in my house, notice that it's always in the scripture about choices up to you. But as for me in my house... We will serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we love the church. We have to be part of the church. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, you make the decision as a family. You believe that 
and you know that, you know, no weapon formed against you will prosper. These are the scriptures from the Bible, okay? When you believe in God, no lion's den, nor fiery furnace can come against you, okay? So, in fact, when you're walking in faith, it says in Proverbs 28.1, I'm going to finish off with this. The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So, you're walking around without fear of anything, of what tomorrow brings. Don't, don't overthink of like, oh man, what do I, how's it going to happen tomorrow? I understand there's days when you're difficult, when you just went through something. You know, some people lost a family member. Some people got sick and, you know, they passed away, whatever. But you have God on your side. And he gives you that peace that transcends all understanding. It's the peace that doesn't make sense to this world. When you're walking around, you're like, hey, I'm not afraid anymore. Do not be afraid of anything, amen? Believe in God your Father. Know that He has died. Uh, he has sent His only Son, Christ Jesus. For, and He paid so that you don't have to keep bringing all this sheep to the temple in order for you to be, you know, uh, washed of uh, your sins. You believe an amazing Father who cares and loves you. Amen? So let's not allow any belief systems, any noise around us to tell us, uh, to change our perspective on what we believe in our heart. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for what you've been speaking to us today, Lord. I want everybody to be encouraged today, Lord, to know that they are loved, they're welcomed here, Lord. And I just pray a blessing over all the families, Lord, for your protection over every family against any sicknesses. In Jesus' name, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over every house, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would just move upon everybody's heart right now. Lord, I pray that nobody walks away here uh, feeling that they're not welcomed, Lord. I pray that they are going to feel more loved than ever before. Father, I pray that you touch every heart. Lord. Whoever's watching online, Lord, I want them to be encouraged to know that they are loved, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that what you're teaching us is to be standing firm on the ground. It's the ground that is not shaken. Lord, your word has withstood so many years, so much persecution, Lord, and your church was never shut down, Lord. This is your bride, Lord. We are your bride, and we love you. We worship you, Lord, as our family. We declare freedom, Lord, over everybody's house, over everybody's heart, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.